Record all information from Stargate. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and I'm joined by... Reddit Fitzpatrick. Last week, we talked about Private Benjamin. And uh, this week, due to a... Uh, Brennan, you fill in the blank. What is the connection between Private Benjamin and so Stargate? I, I married to the military? I think we called it... Uh, or at least that was my... Some, proposed name for it was married to the military due to the relationship between Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, uh, both of them playing people in the military who end up wearing berets on a special ops for a special assignment. For a very um, special movie and a very special yeah, episode of the Movie Ladder Podcast. Very special movie of the Movie Ladder Podcast. Yeah. Very exciting. So uh, we will be discussing, as we, we just realized, I think our first science fiction movie on this podcast yeah. Uh, and that is Stargate from 1994, Roland Emmerich's uh, Space Spectacular. And uh, then at the end of the episode, we will pick our movie for next week based on ladder rung suggestions sent in from the listeners and ones us as your hosts brought. And uh, we'll pick that movie. So as you are listening on, uh, we will be spoiling Stargate if you've never seen it. It's on mm-hmm. Netflix right now and Hoopla. It's actually under the popular now section on Netflix. So we must have a lot of listeners that are watching this movie this week. I'm glad that we could uh, pick a popular movie, at least in terms of what's streaming right now. Uh, we'll we'll see a little later on whether our audience agreed with the consensus with Netflix that it should be considered a popular movie or not. Do you know why it's po- like, is there any reason why it would be trending on Netflix right now? It's very random. Um, it could be because all 10 seasons of SG-1 are also now available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So people are watching the movie and then binging SG-1. At least that's my hope. Um, you know, as a SG-1 fan, as a Stargate fan, um, I hope people are checking it out who haven't checked it out before. Um, also, Myself I mean, included. It, it was my first time watching it. Yeah, I mean, it is also that time of year where people go back to popular sci-fi fantasy blockbustery movies that all came out around this time in the summer. Um, so there could be some nostalgia driven. Ah, but this did not, you would think this was a summer, uh, this is a summer release. It was not October 28th, 1994. Absolutely. Yep. And so. that that's, um, which is surprising because you would think, you think Roland Emmerich, you think huge sci-fi blockbuster and you think it must have come out in june or july and yeah it is very surprising that this came out in october halloween weekend in 1994 do you remember what you went as for halloween in 1994 in 1994 uh probably han solo but you know who knows yeah it's 90, i, I mean, feel I like i was 14, probably a ninja turtle so around that time yeah nine years I, mean, I was 14 yeah. so i i was 14 so it was probably something star wars related um that and in fact it may have been a star wars character from the books so nobody got it except for me but i wouldn't care i did do that several years so you know shadows of the empire exactly yeah <laughs> uh all right well uh and as we are talking so since we will be spoiling stargate uh go watch it on netflix come back listen to this discussion and uh you can just pause the podcast or if you want to jump ahead if you want to go through the stargate to find out what we were going to be watching next week uh, we will put the timestamp in the description like we always do so you can jump ahead, see what movie we're going to be talking about next week on the Movie Ladder Podcast. Once we do pick that movie, so make sure you send in your feedback, themovieladder at gmail.com. The easiest way to email your feedback in. Brendan will count it, collect it. We will read it on the air. 
I will put together the mathematical equations that lock in your feedback scores. There you go. Yes. Thank you, doctor. And uh, you can tweet at us at Ladder Movie on Twitter. Make sure you follow that Twitter account. Uh, Follow us on Letterboxd and Movie Ladder. All that fun stuff. All right, Brandon, it is summer. Like you said, summer summer movie season is the end of June. Uh, What is the best thing you watched this week? So I went to see a movie that if anybody had asked a year ago, is there any way in the world that I'm going to see this before Zach Brooks does? Nobody (laughs) would have taken my side on it. I went back to the theater with our friend Anthony, and I watched uh, Anthony D'Angelo, former guest on the podcast. Former guest, yeah. Yeah, former guest on the podcast, and saw Fast 9. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because I know you have tickets score this weekend that you'll. Uh, I don't have use. tickets yet. I don't have a place where or... I have to buy tickets in advance. Yeah, I can buy tickets. Day <laughs> of. Well, hopefully you uh, do get to see it this weekend. I know you've been looking forward to it. Um, so I won't spoil Fast Nine for you or our listeners. I will just say that the Fast franchise is one of those franchises that, for the last several movies, knows exactly what it is, and it accomplishes that thing very, very well. It is. I, I had a really good time watching this movie, especially sitting down at the Angelica pop-up with one of our best friends and having a beer and just giggling at the absurdity of the Fast franchise. What kind and, of beer did you have? Uh, I had a ghost blood orange. Oh, nice. And yeah. it was delicious. Yeah, those so, are sour. Yeah. yeah, it was very, very good. Um, so highly recommend the ghost and definitely recommend uh, Fast 9. I hope people check it out. I I'm know glad it's got to hear it some, make your... Your best movie of the week. That's great. Yeah. Um, I know it's gotten some mixed reviews, but I disagree with a lot of those reviews and the fact that some I think some people have forgotten how to watch this type of summer movie. And sometimes you just have to sit back and let a movie take, you know, take you away and wash over you. And the Fast franchise, especially, you know, Fast Nine does a very good job of making sure that you let it pour over you. So like a, like know, a warm Corona, like a warm Corona without new line yeah. that you drink uh, awkwardly from your hand because you don't know how to hold a bottle properly. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point I will, I will go see that movie. Hopefully this weekend, uh, yeah. the hold up the bottleneck, the Corona bottleneck in this equation is Mac, who I've been doing, I'm just going to throw him right out of the bus, who I've been doing our fast and furious, furious mm-hmm. years only podcast with, uh, he has lots of responsibilities like a job that has him working super late. And two little kids, whereas I have no responsibilities and I can podcast at all hours. So when Mac is available, we will be recording movies six and seven. I'm hoping yep. later tonight. That is what he suggested. Maybe Thursday. Uh, we'll see. And then I then I will be able to watch the other movies and then go see it. So it's this I, a domino effect here. Yeah, I could say that one of the best things that I listened to this week was uh, before I went to see Fast Nine. I actually caught up on your podcast and your F5 podcast was about 90 minutes of just absolute fun. You and Mac talking about the cars and the characters and your favorite moments and the ridiculousness of pulling a safe down the highway. And yes. you guys had a lot of fun on that podcast and I thought it was really good. So I highly recommend people check it out. It's, it's great because Mac has never seen any of the Fast and yeah. Furious movies, although now he's seen through five. And so he's got four more left to see. Well, five more if you count the one that just came mm-hmm. out. Uh and we just got to, you know, for a project that is all about being fast, we've just been very slow. So <laughs> those will be coming at some point. Won't be that timely, but they'll still be fun to listen to. Absolutely. Uh, 
All right. Well, for me, I am Brennan. I'm surprised that this was not the movie you chose because we both watched the same thing. For I figured Criterion you were going to talk about it, and so I didn't want to step on your best thing yeah. you watched this week. So. Uh, so mine is a, a 1960 Italian movie called La Ventura, and uh, the director is Michelangelo Antonioni. Antonioni. Think about it. Antonioni. Think about it as Antonio and his knees. I knew Antonio's so, knees. I I will say <laughs> I have been thinking about that name since this weekend when I was like, oh, I'm probably going to talk about that on the podcast. And I'm like, I need to not mess up the name. I need to just pronounce it correctly. And I botched it. Screw it up. You need to think about Antonio's knees. Antonioni. Yes, Michelangelo. I can deal with Michelangelo going back to the uh, Ninja Turtles he, of it all. See your favorite Ninja Turtle, Michelangelo? Yes. Uh, no, uh, Donatello was always my favorite because yes. I was a nerd. So, uh, yes, this movie, though, is a uh, it, it is. About two and a half hours. It is in Italian, so it's not going to be a movie for everybody. But it was such a like dark romantic mystery movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even really want to talk about the plot, but I will talk about just the way it was shot. It was mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful movies I've seen, and yeah. every scene just made me want to travel to the different settings that it was in. Um, it, the way the camera just captures so much. There's layers to the framing. I mean, it's just one of those movies. I'm trying to think of like another movie I've watched recently. And I'd have to look back through my my recent so, watch of like that that really stuck out as being visually mm-hmm. just so so just uh, deep and and gorgeous. Yeah. So I know that um when we were talking about it as I was watching it um you you had mentioned how it reminded you of Hitchcock movies. Yes. And I couldn't stop thinking about Vertigo. Oh, very interesting. That's not because, what I thought of when I was watching um, it. Plot wise, not only sort of plot wise and mystery wise, but also visually, it was reminding me a lot of what Hitchcock does with the camera and framing mm. in Vertigo. So that was that was the one that I would say would make an interesting double feature with this. If people yes. To. So yeah. I the the Hitchcock I was thinking of is Rebecca. Okay. And uh, Rebecca is more indoors. It's very mm-hmm. gothic, but it's uh, plot wise, it's there's similar there's similarities and just kind of the way it was filmed. Um, this movie did mostly take place outdoors, and it just it's amazing that this was filmed in 1960 because just the way that it, it, the amount that it can capture in each frame. Um, and um, I convinced you to watch it as well because we had the yeah. same. We both had to watch an Antonioni. Uh, and I had initially right, tried yes. to cheat and watch The Passenger, which yes. apparently is not on Criterion, as I thought it was. So I will have to save The Passenger for another time. Um, but I'm yes. glad I watched Laventura. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so it is part of a trilogy. There are two more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's like a thematic trilogy or if they're straight, like this is the next one is a sequel to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I went into this, I, I didn't think that I would complete the trilogy, but I'm very excited to watch the next two movies. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was a part of part of a trilogy when I went into it, or at least a trilogy that is connected. I don't know. Are they so? Are they all like actual the same characters, or is it, I? You know? I have no I idea. Don't, I, don't, I have no idea. I'm, I'm, not, I'm wondering if it's kind of like the before trilogy, but I okay. don't. I mean, they weren't filmed ten years apart. They were just filmed a couple of years apart, so it's not going to be that time difference. But I don't know if it's just checking back in with the characters, or if it's a continuation of the plot from this movie, or if it's just another movie that's kind of thematically connected. So interesting. Uh, I would be interested to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are on. I think all three of them are in the Criterion Collection, mm-hmm. so all three could come up at some point for uh, for us to see as part of the challenge. True. True. So, uh, and I know that this is not best thing you've been reading, 
But yes. I will just give a shout out. Now that I've completed The Wire as one of my big pop culture blind spots, <laughs> I'm moving on to another big pop culture blind spot, probably my biggest pop culture blind spot. That is Harry Potter. So I'm finally reading the first Harry Potter. Well, not finally reading the first. I have read the first Harry Potter book once before about 10 years ago, but I don't remember any of it. So I'm digging back into the first book and then I'm not going to just stop after the first book. I am intending to read all of them and then go back and watch all the movies. So. You're a wizard, Zachary. Yes. Uh, nice I'm starting to understand again all of these references that people make. And I actually mm-hmm. am like, very unspoiled on things that happen in the Harry Potter world. So um, <laughs> it was funny. I was listening to another podcast and they just started talking about something that happens in Harry Potter. And it was like quickly like ripping my yeah, headphones out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are the chances? I mean, I guess Harry Potter gets talked about a lot. but Yeah, was... especially if you're listening to our Ringer podcast with Mallory yeah. Rubin. It's going to come I up. I believe so. Yeah. Every episode. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for that. Uh, another pop culture blind spot I'm trying to fill is uh, diving back into Mad Men TV show wise. Nice. So I never uh, Mad Men. Um, yeah, I, uh, I yeah. got to the season to season four and I kind of stopped. And it's actually super easy to binge because it's 45 minute episodes. It, yeah, like, they're all they're on Amazon IMDb TV, like the okay. IMDb TV channel on Amazon, which has commercials. But it takes like one commercial break per episode. So you I, really can watch. I've watched almost over half the season in oh, nice. two days. It's super I, fast I, to watch. Things. I should definitely dive into something that's a blind spot instead of, you know, starting SG-1 like I started to do last night. <laughs> but, well, um, let's, yeah, uh, I, let's talk about that. I have, so, some, I have some blind spots that I definitely could fill coming yeah. up. But, um, uh, it's, this is a good time to do your blind spots. I did, I did The Wire. Yeah. I did Sopranos. Um Harry Potter, I, I just was too old when that came out. To, like, it wasn't cool to get into Harry Potter when I was the age when I came out. And I just, I never saw the movies because I always intended at some point to read the books, but it's never. I, um, I mean, I definitely need, I keep saying that I'm going to go back and watch Six Feet Under, and I still haven't done it. Um, I, I just can't bring myself to start it. Um, but I, I watched that, the first couple seasons of that when that came out. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest pop culture blind spot? Biggest pop culture blind spot is probably, I don't know. That's really hard. I mean, I think, I think Mad Men is a real big one for me that I missed. Um, as far as more recent stuff, the Mad Men, I know that, um, you know, everybody talks about like The Handmaid's Tale and Orange is the New Black and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. Those are never shows that I never really got into. Um, I would say Mad Men is a bigger pop culture blind spot than Handmaid's Tale or uh, Orange is the New Black. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, you know, you're usually pretty good about seeing all the film franchises. I would say for yeah. me, another big blind spot is, like, I've seen Wonder some Games. Star Trek, but not much of the in the early Star Trek and barely any of the TV show. Yeah, I, I think Trek, Star Trek Next Generation is probably a big blind spot for you if you you know think about something that was on tv for 10 years mm-hmm. you know it's a really big yeah, i've only seen episodes spot, here and there yeah it's um but you know you would have to kind of dive into the whole universe if you wanted to go that way to a degree and it's it's a it's, lot there's a lot out there overwhelming it's a lot. Um, yeah. um there was another one i was just gonna bring up uh for me as well but i'm i'm blanking on it and people don't want to hear us talk about blind spots but yeah, uh, tell us what is your games? biggest pop mm-hmm. culture blind spot if you're listening i'm sure everybody's got one for um, sure yeah let know, us know. Is, is it a film franchise is it fast and furious we got a podcast for you if it is <laughs> uh is it you know mcu i think mcu too i was thinking about that you know, if you're born now, right, or if you're like five years old and you haven't gotten into, you haven't gotten to watch any MCU, like how do you even start? How do you? MCU? Where do you even start? Yeah, I think there's going to be something different for the kids that are growing up that age. Like, I mean, I think that um, 
if they ever actually put out the Lord of the Rings show and that blows up to being a multiple mm-hmm. piece thing with Amazon, um, that could be the next big cultural touchstone for kids, you know, born in the last five years or so, you know, that that's going to be their big thing. Yeah, so, because so, it's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because if you're if you're going to try to watch Marvel, you've got 24 movies plus right. now three TV series. And it's like what I guess you just watch everything in release order. But the right. timelines I mean, especially now, really jump all over the place. So the next movie is going to be a flashback. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think it would be very hard to dive into the MCU now. And I I wonder, MCU-wise, if they're just going to start losing people because it's just so vast and it's so hard to keep up with. For sure. Yeah, I think the DC DC TV universe also is a pretty big blind spot for me. Um, I've watched a few seasons of Arrow, but that's about it. but I haven't done any of the newer stuff like Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and Black Lightning and all mm-hmm. that new stuff. I haven't touched any of that. And so, like, I know that that's a very niche thing that has a very dedicated audience, but it's a pretty big cultural blind spot for sure. Yeah, there might be a um, West Wing. Have you watched all West Wing? That's I have watched I, I watched West Wing in the real time, so I've never okay. gone back to it. But Yeah, um, I've never watched. I've never watched West Wing at all. Um, that's another blind spot for me. And I think there's probably some comedies for you that are blind spots. Like Atlanta is Yeah, Atlanta is. I've watched the first season of Atlanta, but never went to the second season yet. So Uh, I need to get into that. Rick and Morty might be another. But I don't, you know, again, Mm. I I think we're getting a little granular. I got to think think, there's got to be something that is a big blind spot. I'm sure. And the reason it's a blind spot is I'm not even thinking of it. So, you know, that's that's why you got to watch. You got to check your blind spot before you change lanes. Exactly. Exactly. Or before you go through the Stargate. Oh, there we go. All right. Thank you. Let's let's step through the Stargate. So Stargate 1994, directed by Roland Emmerich, who is more famous for a lot of bigger blow up movies. This one mm-hmm. uh, smaller on the blow ups. Smaller one, on the blocks. One, one big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Kurt Russell, James Spader as the two stars of this one. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of Roland Emmerich, was this really kind of his first foray in in movie making? Um I don't I mean, know what he would have done before this. It seems to be his first sort of what put him on the map, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, at least as far as a director goes. Because um, he's going to really blow up, you know, a couple years after Literally. this. Literally, yeah. Independence Day. And you can sort of see some of the fingerprints of Independence Day on this movie as far as, like, the visualization with the alien ship and having it hover over and the lighting effects. Um, he's going to take it and improve it tenfold when he does all of the alien scenes in independence day for sure yeah i would say you see more than the fingerprints of independence day you see the ship of independence day hovering Uh, over this movie i mean as i was watching this i just kept thinking like this could have been an independence day prequel almost it really i kept thinking about independence day watching this movie um i think i am sure independence day will come up on lots of people's suggestions for this week, especially as we are heading into independence day this weekend um, mm. so that's that's i have that on my list i have a i would be surprised if i end up reading it off of my list um, yeah. um so and, Uni- universal soldier came out in 92 so that was two years before this okay and that was sort of his first big mainstream movie hmm. so i never saw universal the, soldier either uh jean-claude van damme and dolph lundgren play soldiers of in the future who uh yeah so actually this could have been a connection but yeah they're basically um soldiers from the future who try to use a high-tech machine to do things that i won't spoil yeah have you seen it no i haven't 
but um, you know. Uh, yeah. I know I'm there's sure. a sequel starring Bill Goldberg. I remember that. Uh, yeah, it's it's not very good. One. I think it would be worse reviewed by our listeners than this was in Weirdies. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I see there's a couple other yeah. small movies I've never heard of that he did. Oh, no, right. it's Arc Principle, Making Contact, Ghost right. Chase, Moon 44. Uh, right. But Noah Emmerich becomes known after Stargate really as the kind of apocalypse guy, right? Like he's yeah, making yeah. the big world is destroyed, things are blowing up, especially as we get into Day After Tomorrow in 2012, which I yeah. am a big fan of both of those movies. Yeah. Um, and he really sets the tone for that kind of uh, Armageddon apocalypse type movie. Stargate is not quite that. Stargate is is like we're almost getting there. We're almost uh, so getting there. It's it's like not quite willing to make the full leap mm-hmm. to what the later movies of his will become, which is much are much more intense and much more action forward. Whereas, you know, Stargate is actually like a smaller, more personal story. Like yeah. there's very little fighting. There's very little blow ups. Mm-hmm. I was I surprised by that. I was very surprised by that. Yeah, it's it's much more a character journey of this nerdy scientist played by James Spader and this uptight but grieving and soulful performance by Kurt Russell where he's thrust back into military action after the loss of his son um, to go on this special project. And yeah. it's uh, sort of it much more – Emmerich seems much more interested in exploring – the characters then exploring the worlds and that that seems really interesting to me um you know given his later work where character sort of takes a backseat to to the visuals yeah i i think that's right i also think this movie is really interested in kind of the cultural aspect of the world where they go to um Absolutely. is i don't know what the do we have a name for the kind of egyptian world that they end up oh, at crap, i had it written down um apophis no okay so, yeah, when they get to name. Apophis, Sorry. the, you know, the the people that they meet there, the citizens of Apophis, like they don't speak English. They're outlawed from reading and ri- or from writing and is it reading and writing or writing and writing in. Yeah. Writing and reading. Um, yeah. In the symbols. Yeah. Because so, because Ra, the sun god who, um, yeah. you know, who rules over them, forbids them from doing that because he doesn't want any kind of rebellion. Um, he doesn't want them to rise up against him. So they uh, they do know what reading and writing is because they freak out when there is any writing on the ground. So yeah. somehow they so still know what that is. But they, it's uh, really interesting because that is basically the reason Ra fears that is that's what drove the gods from Earth. Right. When they so in this movie, basically, it sets up this whole world mythology that the gods of Egypt were real, but they were aliens. Mm-hmm. But we're not saying they were aliens. Because it was aliens. Interesting, okay. Aliens built the pyramids and then enslaved humans of Earth from all different cultures, took them in their spaceships, and populated other planets with the people of Earth. Mm -hmm. And then ruled over them as gods. Right. And I love stories about Egyptian gods. I think it's yeah. really interesting. I, I just think, you know, the the pyramids and Egyptian hieroglyphics and the different Egyptian gods. I mean, same with the Greek gods, too. I think both mm-hmm. of those, the mythology um, is super interesting to me. It was something I've always I've always liked reading about growing up. And so when I realized that's what this movie was about, you know, early on. Yeah. 
I was very excited for that. And the first 30 minutes of this movie, I was like, this is this is very cool. Like yeah. we're seeing, you know, this this very strange space portal and we're getting introduced to these characters like, oh, they're going through the space portal. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm getting flashes to Alien at this point yeah. and uh, a lot of other movies that I really, really like. And then they get to what was the name of the world that they get to? Um, uh, it starts with an A. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it's not Apophis. Um, Abyss. Uh, Abetus. Abetus. Yeah, Yeah, I I have the uh, wiki up in front of me. Yeah. Um, Yes. So when they get to Abetus. 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 Okay. I I watched the freaking show last night. I should know this. You should know. So when they get to Abetus, the movie just halts and it's trapped. Yeah. For for an hour. 20 minutes. Yeah. For like an hour. Like I was (laughs) like, okay, what are we doing here? What's the point? Like they're meeting, you know, it's like planet, like that sort of kind of reminds me of Planet of the Apes as well. It's like a new society where they can't communicate with people. Like lots of interesting potential here and just nothing going on. It's I really was it's, like, what what it's is much this? more of a character study? There's very little tension because but the characters yeah. were not even very interesting to me. I mean, I think I would, Spader's character, Dr. Jackson, was kind of interesting. Um, Kurt Russell, uh, speaking of things stopping on their tracks, like he's just a board in this movie. And I, yeah. I hate that I was like not he interested in as into this movie as his character should be and that i mean he's car- he's a cardboard cutout of kurt russell he yeah. he has no emotion i know that his character has depth because his son shot himself which really never shirt. plays a role again except when he like stops the child soldiers from participating from playing what is going yeah and he freaks out at them yeah right but otherwise and then and then we get into like the battle with the gods and then it gets a little bit more interesting in the end yeah. but i just think we've talked about a lot of episodic movies over the last couple weeks and i think this movie was missing the episodicness and it's i think that's why it actually worked probably better as a tv show because if it was 20 minutes on about us and then it was 20 minutes on a different planet with a different god and then it was a third one so we had like an hour that was like three 20 minute segments getting to know different cultures on these different planets having like almost like a mandalorian episode that's exactly what the show is and that's why i love the show so much and that's something i realized you know, last night I said earlier, um, so last night I ended up watching Stargate and then I ended up watching five episodes of SG one afterwards and staying up till like one forty five watching Stargate SG one because the show is just that watchable. Mm-hmm. It's fun, it's light on its feet, it moves along very quickly, and it gives the SG one team, it gives the Stargate team that goes through the Stargate much more defined characters than you get in this movie. Um, the only thing I would say is that I think James Spader is a better Daniel Jackson than Michael Shanks, at least uh, at the point to which I rewatched the show for now. I know mm-hmm. that Michael Shanks really grows into the role later in the show, but I think James Spader is a, a more nevish and nerdier Daniel Jackson than Michael Shanks is. Michael Shanks is kind of too good looking. He's just like a really chiseled jaw with a pair of glasses. Yeah. So um, uh, I and I I do the, I did like James Spader in the role. I did not like his yeah. wig. Um, yeah, the wig is a lot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just like it does. It needs to be two sizes smaller. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Jonathan Taylor Thomas hair. It's bad. Yeah. Um, and then, but Kurt Russell's character is recast with MacGyver's own Richard Dean Anderson as Colonel Jack O'Neill, and he is the best part of the show in the show because he's witty he's charming he's abrasive he's all of the like actual character 
beats that you want from Kurt Russell, because when you cast Kurt Russell, you want the charm and the ridiculousness of Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. Like, you want Big Trouble in Little China Kurt Russell in this movie, and that's not what you get with this performance. Right, and I get some of it. He's supposed to be subdued because he lost his son, he's depressed about his son, and I guess that does kind of play into, like, how this movie becomes kind of a suicide mission for them, right? They go, and the the idea is that, you know, at least with Jack O'Neill, with Colonel O'Neill, that he's going to stay behind. He's going to blow up the Stargate from that side so the portal was closed. And then it Um, turns out to be a double cross anyway because they were going to blow it up. They were going to make sure that he didn't have a choice, mm -hmm. which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I just thought it, though, like it, the whole thing was just kind of incoherent a little bit to me. Yeah. Like what they were doing there, you know, there's it takes so long for us to really learn what's going on, and you know, it it just it just took a very long time to get to where we're going, and then all of a sudden they're fighting these gods. It's like oh, wait, just kind of, and then it, and then the movie just ends. Like like yeah, uh, I, I Daniel Jackson that... stays there because he falls in love, which right. really just sort of came out of nowhere, and he's yeah. falling in love with. Like they can't, can they communicate? I mean, I, I, I mean, oh, that they, was a question they start I to be able to communicate symbolically, like some through symbolism. And then he realizes they speak a type of ancient Egyptian. So he's able to communicate with them through that. Okay. So, Cause that was what all the sudden it seemed to me yeah. that yeah. Daniel Jackson, Dr. Jackson could speak the language, but I wasn't sure if it was because he, uh, was he like knocked out or he was shot? He was shot. And I didn't know if when he was shot, something happened and they messed with his mind that he then could understand and speak the language. Um, that wasn't clear to me. No, I think it was just that he realized when he was taken to the hieroglyphic room mm-hmm. where he found the seventh symbol that right. he realized what language that they could understand mm, or at okay. least understand enough of that he could communicate with them. And so he was able to start talking to them. Um, mm-hmm. The, the, the thing about it is, um, I lost so much of thought. Sorry. Um, well, so, okay. So what, yeah, here's something that I noticed. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did like about this movie is the number seven seems very significant. There yeah. were multiple points yeah. that I wrote down the number seven that appears. There was the seven points when they're talking about the Stargate has six yeah. points. Then the seventh point is where it's coming from. Uh, Chevron seven, they say. Uh, what was the line? It was Chevron seven is locked in place. There is the seventh symbol that Dr. Jackson finds. And then when the bomb is going to go off at the end, there's seven minutes on the timer for the bomb as well. So I do like that that number, you know, as a a lost fan. And I think there's, you can definitely kind of track Dr. Jackson and Daniel Faraday against each other. Um, There's also a lot of, uh, of Charlotte from lost in this movie as well in terms of like archaeologists trying to find find out things about their, their ancient culture. Um, and that is a significant number. So if we were going to connect to something, we connect to Lost. And uh, yeah, I know there, there's a lot of TV shows I would want to connect to from this from yeah. this movie, but um, not 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 as many um, movies. Is one the practice, or is it Boston <laughs> Legal? Whatever one James Spader is on, I don't. Uh, Boston one. Legal, which actually, um, well, he does first appear in practice, but he gets his he gets his due in uh, Boston Legal with uh, mm-hmm. him and William Shatner, which connects to a Star Trek. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there we go. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do we got? So um, I like the chicken stuff. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, the chicken tastes like, tastes like the chicken. Scene, and yeah. James Spader does such a good, like, bacock. Like, I love the way he yeah. does that. That, that I was, that was hard, maybe yeah. the highest point of his character for me in this movie. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, one of the things I really, really liked was, so once the 
um, Pyramid comes under attack from Ra and his people. I really love the visual of the ring teleporter. Yes, that was very that cool. And then that, so that cool. ends up being used like uh, to kill Ra to kill, at the end. To kill Ra yeah. at the end, yeah. It was like, it's set up very well. Um, mm-hmm. And I I, it, I really I really like the visual of that. And you can sort of see the visualization between that and how, you know, again, Emmerich uses the alien spacecraft and the portation and mm-hmm. the beams of light in Independence Day. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's there's a lot of hallmarks of Independence Day in this that I really appreciated. Yeah, visually, I thought this was really good. I mean, it's not La Ventura, yeah. but I I do really like the way that Egypt is filmed, mm-hmm. and um, then the underground kind of you know talking about Independence Day, kind of the underground military layer where they have the Stargate and they're doing experiments mm-hmm. on it. I mean that that tracks right to Independence Day when you have. Uh, you know, the alien spacecraft that they found early on that uh, the data from Star Trek is working on. Right. Um, lots of lots of references to Star Trek and connections to Star Trek as we're talking. Yeah, about absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I, I liked all that. I just thought the story and the plot just really the first 30 yeah. minutes was great. The last 20 was good. Um, and I think I said this a couple times where like I, I like the beginning and I like the end, but just everything that was the meat of the sandwich. Yeah, they, we just needed to jump around and, and get get somewhere and that's the planet of the apes part that also i think is the planet of the apes argument which is the beginning of planet of the apes is great when he crashes on the planet he's trying to figure out where he is and then at the end when he finally escapes it's really compelling because it turns out to be beep you know earth Mm -hmm. um and it's awesome and the middle is just sort of like i don't know are these people civilized are we gonna kill them or are we not gonna right. kill them you know it's a lot of like lulling around talking about what they're gonna do instead of anybody actually doing anything and that's sort of what this movie tries to do it tries to do the philosophical science type of science fiction where it basically breaks all of the star trek protocols of first contact mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is you're not supposed to import um your knowledge of the universe onto a race that is less civilized than yours in a way that's going to make them more civilized because that can change their evolution in a but, way that is not intended but weren't so, they more advanced though the, I mean, the people on that no not that i i don't think so not that I mean, the aliens, yes, but not the people on Abnos. No. But they had access. I think they had access to more advanced technology and more advanced. Right. So uh, that's the, but they weren't allowed to use it or allowed yeah, to share exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the struggle this movie tries to take on. But it's not done in a very compelling way where they're trying to sort of decide whether or not they should help free these people mm-hmm. and what their obligation is on a mission like this. You know, whether it's to just learn and take back that knowledge with no regard for the people or whether it's to leave something behind to better these people and give them their freedom. And right. Like how much are they, how much are they going to be colonizers? If we're, exactly. if we're connecting exactly. back yes. to last of the Mohicans. Yeah, and I exactly. do think that the way that the, uh, you know, the, I don't even know what the, the citizens of this planet are, are represented is they, I mean, it is sort of like planet of the apes where they are like savage and it is that, that kind of like othering of, I mean, this isn't an actual culture. This is an alien culture, but it's like, oh, look at this weird culture. They eat this weird like lizardy thing, and they don't speak English, and they're not allowed to eat, eat read. They're not allowed to read and write, and they they have kind of Neanderthal characteristics. Like they must be, you know, savage, uh, 
you know, savage people, which is something that we've got. We got that kind of in, in Last of the Mohicans at times right. as well. And um, I think probably uh, Fitzcarraldo probably had some yeah. of that. Yeah, definitely some of that. With the... Yeah. So I just would have, I don't know, I just would have liked either some sort of mission that they had to do on the planet for that hour that yeah. they were there before things happened. Or maybe they jump back through, the, They maybe they jump back through the Stargate and they try to go back to Earth because they realize what they have and, and they, it takes them to planet Y and they try, yeah. you know, at least like two planets. That actually and, would have been more interesting if they had ended up going to a different planet and getting, trying to find their way home like a, you know, sci-fi quantum leap thing where they're right. constantly leaping through the gate trying to find the right gate that'll get them back home. Exactly. That, and maybe yeah. they end up back at this planet for whatever reason and then they have to deal with Ra so that that last yeah. part stays the same where they're fighting exactly. Ra, they're trying to free these people, but we're just getting more happening yeah. for that and hour. what I'll say is that basically is what the show does, which I really love, is that, you know, the show does all of the things that we're finding lacking in this, mm-hmm. which is them jumping from planet to planet, solving mysteries, breaking the um, Star Trek rules of contact with all these planets, mm-hmm. um, you know, leaving technology, taking technology, and doing all of the really interesting cultural stuff on... Um, you know, most of the episodes I watched last night dealt with a different ancient um, Earth, Earth culture that had been taken by the alien species of the, they're, they're labeled as an alien species on the show or given a name that they weren't given in the film, which is the Gould. Mm-hmm. And the Gould basically took people from Earth and spread them throughout the galaxy with each one of the Gould r- ruling. <laughs> A different planet. These words, yeah, <laughs> subjugating them. Yeah, yeah. So they are, yeah. Um, and the the cool thing that the movie introduces that the show kept is the idea of these aliens not being the actual bodies of themselves. They're actually mm-hmm. like parasites that take over a human host or a or a um humanoid host and like you know rule them. Because they're actually like a snake-like parasite that wraps themselves around their insides, which is very similar to a good guy thing that happens in Star Trek with a species known as the Trill, who live for thousands of years jumping from host to host and have the memories of every host that came before them. That's basically what the Gwalud are. But well, and we get that in this so, a little bit, right? Because yeah. we get that Raj yeah. jumped to the, to the boy's body. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I actually really like that concept, right? And it's similar mm-hmm. to, um, it reminds me kind of of what we see in like X-Men Apocalypse, for example, which yeah. is another one where we have a, a European, or a, a European, we see an Egyptian god that has to have some sort of host body to stay alive. Yeah. Um, and we're, so I, I like that concept. And, you know, there are so many Egyptian gods that you could use yeah. as different characters in this. So if they all kind of had different ways that they're ruling and different themes to the planets or the worlds that they yeah. rule, the universes that they rule. Um, yeah, I think that this, I, I understand why this was made into a TV show. What yeah. I don't understand was why was this made into three TV shows? <laughs> so basically SG one is the first one and it basically follows them jumping around all these different stargates Um throughout the galaxy, collecting new allies and meeting new enemies. Most of the enemies are named after um, Egyptian gods, like Ra and Anubis and Set and Baal. Um, And then eventually they spin off because they land on a planet 
where the they encounter the lost city of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nice. they decide to set up a base on this planet where Atlantis is. And they um, so they create a new team and create a new series that spins off for Stargate Atlantis. And then there's a third TV show that lasted two seasons um, that's Stargate Universe Mm -hmm. that was really well made. And it basically was about this ship of um, scientists and architects and military who get stranded in space and can't find their way back home because the Stargate isn't functioning properly. And so it deals with them trying to fix the Stargate try to outrun enemies in open in open unexplored space and making little jumps here and there and it's really like it's a lot like Battlestar Galactica um mm-hmm. if any of our listeners have watched Battlestar it's a lot like Battlestar Galactica it only lasted two seasons and left off on a really bummer of a cliffhanger that the creators have now said is never going to be resolved because oh, they sense. can't get um so uh one of our podcast superstars from Full Monty, Robert Carlyle, was the show star of Stargate Universe. Oh, very nice. And they can't get the cast and crew back together to make more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sci-Fi still owns the rights and won't release it for them to do a wrap-up movie. So it's a real bummer because I really enjoyed that show. And the way it left off, like, really, really bummed a lot of people out, um, mm-hmm. including me. Um there are also three straight to DVD slash VHS slash sci-fi TV movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Stargate, um, The Arc of Truth, Stargate Continuum, and Children of the Gods. Um, they each came out while the main series was still on the air. Um, and then there was also the animated series that ran for one season in 2002. And there was also a web series that was on YouTube in 2018. Um, So there's a whole vast Stargate universe out there, including novels, which I'm not even going to get into. But um, yeah, the the Stargate universe is really fun, and that's why I like it. It's not taking itself as seriously as this movie does. Right. That's Um, that's the problem I had. I was trying to... Because you said said to me yesterday that, you know, you you stayed up really late watching the show because it's just breezy and fun. And yeah. I just wouldn't describe Stargate as fun. Like I would describe Stargate yeah, as as sci-fi. It deals with some interesting ideas, but it I don't think there was a single thing yeah. that made me laugh in this movie. Yeah, uh, except the I, chicken, the bagok for the chicken. Uh and you know, at the end of it, it you know, the end comes up on the screen and I was just kind of mm-hmm. like, wait, that's that's the whole yeah. movie. That was it. Like I I, I, I didn't get very much from the story. Uh, yeah. and and that's really where I, I kind of struggle with this one. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, the the, the Kurt Russell performance, unfortunately, um, who's somebody I love and is really good at playing, you know, light and breezy and fun. And they just didn't let him have that any any ounce of charm in this character. Yeah, I mean, know? maybe if it's and if you take the Dr. Jackson role and you turn it up a little bit and make him a little bit goofier, a little bit where goofier. he can add some comic relief. It's just there was nobody to play off of the dryness of Kurt Russell in this movie. Right. And none of the sidekick soldiers were well defined enough to give us anything from right. them. I, I yeah. mean, I can only name one of them as a character, and that's Kowalski. But there's no other like Kira I mean Brett Stewart is in this movie. I have no memory of him being in this movie. Right. No. Yeah. And if you 
if you compare this to just two years later, Independence Day, and look at the characters in Independence Day and how colorful and fun those characters are, and there is more of a plot. You're following a couple different parties during that, but you look at the Will Smith character, Jeff Goldblum's character, yeah, um, exactly. the guy who was the, uh, you know, oh my mother, like I have yeah, to find yeah. my mother, like I don't, I, I, that oh, character um, actor that came uh, over Judd his Hirsch. name, Judd Hirsch? Uh, yeah, yeah, Judd. no, not Judd Hirsch, the oh. guy who's in Mrs. Doubtfire as well. Um, he works with with Jeff Goldblum in Independence Day. He's like one of those nineties. Oh, uh, Firestone. Uh, yeah, 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 Firestone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then there's and there are just like so many fun characters in Independence Day, and this just was like a like this is like a TV movie version of Independence Day. So we do have one cast connection to Project to uh, Stripes. Do you know who that is? Yes, yes. I saw I saw that uh, John Deal, who uh, was also going to be my connection. He's the one who plays Kowalski. He was that was going to be my connection to Madhouse as well. Yeah. Um, or one yeah, of my so he was cruiser in stripes who i don't really remember but was one of the guys yeah um, he was just one of the other soldiers yeah, one of the um, other soldiers um yeah I, I did notice that i think it would be funny if he ended up john deal we ended up watching that on john deal yeah. So. yeah and then uh dijman huntsu who was in a million movies in the 90s um is one of the uh gods one of the he's one of like the guards, yeah. And he's one of the guards, and you don't really recognize him either he's because so he young in this his, movie. He's so young, and he doesn't have his standard beard. Like he mm-hmm. always has that goatee. Yeah, and it's not there in this, and it's yeah. I didn't really recognize him. It was really had weird. I not been uh, well, I guess I haven't podcast about Furious Seven yet, but have I? Yeah. Did I not have a Furious Seven podcast on the agenda between uh-huh. Kurt Russell and uh, Diamond Hanshu? Like, oh well, yeah, definitely connected to that. To, straight to Fast Seven. To Furious Seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you want to, if you want to hear that, wait for Furious Theories only at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, connections wise, I mean, I know we usually do listener feedback, but maybe we. Do you want to just because I do think that this movie it's interesting because I saw so many other movies in this, including movies that we've done on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, sure. One big one stood out to me in terms of my movie map. Um, yeah. So maybe I'll just jump ahead and do my movie yeah, map let's do now. It. I mean, there's, so, there's one real big one. Yeah. So I wonder if it's the same. It, I think it is. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because, yeah. I mean, you're in Egypt. You're having a dig for an archaeological. I mean, uh, India is holding the staff of Ra in the basement yeah. of the pyramid. Yes trying to get the light to hang on the thing. And it's the freaking same medallion. Like I mean, and we're following Dr. J. Yeah. Like, Dr. We're J, following yeah. Jones you know, and Jackson, Dr. Jones, yeah. Dr. Jackson. Uh, it's not, it's Indiana, or, Indy Daniel. Like, yeah. And it was yeah. interesting because I actually, right before I watched this movie, I listened to the Raiders of the Lost Ark rewatchables from a few weeks yeah. ago. So I had Raiders so fresh in my mind as I was watching this yeah. movie and I'm watching, I'm like, this must be like, Roland Emmerich watched Raiders and was like, I want to make my version, like a, star, a yeah. sci-fi version of Raiders. Yeah. And had he stuck to kind of the way Raiders of the Lost Ark gets episodic and tells that adventure, yeah. again, this would have been it a better movie, but we just, it's it's really like we land in the sand and then we just don't go anywhere for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I, I do, do think keep... you could also connect to Apocalypse Now as terms of a movie yeah. map as well. It's sure. Raiders is definitely the strongest connection, but yeah. Uh, Apocalypse Now in terms of kind of the Colonel Kurtz character. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't, I mean, Ra doesn't quite have the followers by choice that Colonel Kurtz right. does, but, um, right. and, and just the way the, the movie's paced that you're, you're meet, you're heading towards meeting this character and then trying to kill him at the end as well. And I, I do, I, I went back and forth on this last night and I, I want to get your opinion. I kept going back and forth in my head, whether I liked the idea of Ra being a kid or not. 
because I think it I think it gives I think it's a cool character beat mm-hmm. when the mask comes down and Kurt Russell sees that it's a kid. But then there's no follow up to that quote unquote emotional beat that he's having. There's no follow through to that. Right. So and like, I think that there could have been because it could have tied into his son. Like, he, exactly. Is he really going to kill a yeah. kid? But he yeah, wasn't exactly. even a kid. He's a he's like a, you know, late right. teens. In this. Right. So my thought was, should they may have made him younger or, or older? So because I think he was at a weird age. Is the yes. Problem. And he's also at a weird age because what happens in this movie is he's, mm. you know, his character is like 10 years older, 15 years older than the kid whose body he inhabits. Right. But this movie doesn't take place 10 or 15 years after the uh, after he took the kid's body. So the right. timing is very weird. It's like, wait, so does he age? Does he just age really slowly? He just doesn't age. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't age, then why is he 15 years older than the kid that he took the body from in the first place? Because maybe that's how long it takes for the symbiote to mature so they can take over the body. Yeah, it's, it, I don't know. Then, I'm if, you're gonna, right, if you're going to make him, yeah. and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but when they show the flashback of the kid that right. he takes the body from, that kid was much younger than the, than the actor who plays him. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. if you're going to do that, then just make it make it that he takes like a, a 15 year old kid's body and then he can be this. And that's just that he's like Richard Alpert. And he never ages and he's right. the same age, but if he's going to be, or make him much older, but if he's not much older, it just doesn't make sense as to like the, the mechanics of how much he ages. Yeah, I do. I do think that's fair. And I, I did go back and forth about whether or not I liked him being a kid. I do think that the, again, we're going to talk about this, this, this film needed some, humor and i know this alien race isn't supposed to be humorous but if you had a more charismatic villain the mm-hmm. Kurt russell performance would maybe have been a little more forgivable yeah maybe it's not even humor that it needs maybe the movie just needs charisma there's yeah. no charisma in this movie exactly. at all there's no charisma yeah that's the yeah. i mean even spader who's like the most out there character he's it's because he's not he's that a, quirky it's because he's a dweeb right. it's not yeah it's not charismatic he's, not... he's the opposite so, yeah. He could have been, I mean, you look at Jack Goldblum's character in Independence Day, and that he could have been more like that, that character. And I realize, yeah. you know, Roland Emmerich probably learned things from this movie, and this really is like the warm-up to Independence Day. For sure. For sure. Would you like it if this movie was a in the same universe as Independence Day, somehow? Somehow? Yeah, I think it'd be really fun. Um, And actually, that's a good point, because we've done several of these sort of quote-unquote warm-up movies. Mm-hmm. Where we could see where a director went with their next movie. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's based a good on, connection. I you like know, that. based on the fact of where they, you know, what they did in this one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like for example, um, we I think we had the same problem with Mean Streets. Like you could see where Scorsese was going to go with a lot of his films mm-hmm. with Mean Streets, but it just wasn't as compelling as a lot of those. It other wasn't films. as flesh out. Another example talking. of that is the writer as well. Yeah, for sure, the writer. Yeah, yeah. Chloe Zhao. We we watched that, and then we said, you know, Chloe, we know where Chloe Zhao will go with Nomadland, and it was just kind of lacking in a couple of things. I wonder if there were any other examples of that from this year. Um, this year, not, uh, not nothing else that. Re- I mean, you know, I don't know about yeah, nothing that like, really Spartacus. I mean, maybe yeah, but, Spartacus to a degree. Um, I mean, Life of Brian. You know, Holy Grail is arguably a better film than Life of Brian, or more polished. But I mean, I like Life of Brian more. But that's it's not quite the same thing. When Holy Grail came out before Life of Brian, right? Did it? Okay. Yeah, I think so. It wasn't Holy Grail 75. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. It was Sorry. best of 75. Yeah. yeah. Um, Life of Brian actually connects, too, because, I mean, that takes place in, you know, ancient 
Egypt. Civilization yeah. and yeah. And same yeah. with Spartacus. I mean, both yeah, are kind Spartacus. of like yeah. sword and sandaly type. Yeah, sword movies. and sandals. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about any other connections to? Uh, well, we haven't even talked about Private Benjamin connections. We kind of did this backwards. You got any, yeah. any connections to Private Benjamin? Um, aside from our main character going on a special op wearing a beret, not any big ones. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you, Brendan. This was not a great connection to Private Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> As I was watching this, I was like looking for things. I'm like, can can a character just be a private, or can there be a character right. named Benjamin? There wasn't. There wasn't much. There to, wasn't uh, much. I thought it was. The, I mean, I thought the Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell connection, mm-hmm. and then both characters being in the military would be enough, but it's a little too loose. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was thinking for a title connection. What if we did Russell and Han get their military on? <laughs> sure. Sure. Fine. Right. Works for me. I think that, like, I was thinking, because, I, I mean, we haven't, we've done, like, the uh, parent connection before. I don't know if we've done the the yeah. uh, spouse connection. But, you know, we did, yeah, uh, yeah. last year we did, what was the connection we did last year? Um, the, when we went to Working Girl, Melanie Griffith. Oh, and, yeah, Melanie Griffith. And, um, yeah. and what's her name? Uh, Hedrick. Uh, Tippy Hedrick. Oh, Tippy Hedrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was her, that was Melanie Griffith's mom. Yeah, um, oh, right. Right? It wasn't that wasn't that the connection? Yeah, yeah that's then, the connection. So I mean that was just as loose as this was. Well, know? we did and we had done the girl. No, but that was a little bit better because we had done the girl, happened. which was about Tippy Hedrick, and then Tippy oh, Hedrick, right. and then Working Girl was about the Oh um, right, right, right. About, yeah. you know, workplace. That was when we did our uh uh inappropriate workplaces. Oh um, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> one of our best things. Yeah, the more we don't think about that, the better. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I do like doing the, you know, it's not the same person, but they are married, right? It's, it's yeah, kind of a fun, like, it's a fun way to do the connection. That's why I thought married to the military was a good. Uh, yeah, I like I, I like your alliteration. I just like rhyming a little bit better. I know. I know. Uh, all right, so we got to write that down unless you're uh, any it. Any connections to MASH? Um, I mean, we've had, of, we've had military characters. I mean, um, invading, you know, setting up a base camp in a foreign country, MASH. Thin red line, um, you know. I mean, obviously, and we have had a lot in the last couple of weeks of movies that became TV shows, right? Uh, also true, Private yeah. Benjamin yeah. and MASH both became TV both shows. Both became TV shows, yep. And um, no winning. Um, yeah, so Stargate actually won the 1994 Saturn Award for Best Sci-Fi Film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was a year, probably, this must have been a year without a Star Trek. And this, you know, was a couple of years it, we're still five years before Phantom Menace. So mm-hmm. the sci-fi was a little thin, and I think we're still a couple of years from some of my connections as well. I actually have a couple of good connections. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, in terms of other connections to this year, so we did have early on in the movie, we have the workers pulling the Stargate out of the, out of the sand. Yeah. Reminded me a lot of Fitzcarraldo pulling the yeah. boat over the hill. Good point. Um, we have, uh, you know, issues with parents. We have Dr. Jackson's parents are mentioned. Um, yeah. I don't even remember why. They're brought up early in the movie, and it doesn't even play yeah. out. Were they, like, did they die? Was that what it was, that Dr. Jackson's parents died? Or they, there was some, I, I wrote that Dr. Jackson's parents. I don't remember. Parents. I, didn't write, yeah. I didn't write it down. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it really made a lot of, uh, made a lot of right, impact. Right. But then then Colonel O'Neill's son, so we have, you know, much like uh, the way back, we have the, the parent-child yeah. connection. Um, and just, you know, Issues with parents, which has come up. Yeah, and, times. and leading to depression. I mean, Jack yeah. was pretty depressed. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, which by I, the way, it... screw those two military dudes who came to his house and were like, "What the hell's wrong with him? I don't know, something about his son." Um, what the hell, dudes. 
That was terrible. Because that was such bad exposition. Where, of course, these characters are going to know that. And the guy's like, what's wrong with him? He's like, and the the guy's like, the kid, his killed his kid accidentally shot himself. Like they need the audience to know that, but the yeah. way that they deliver it is there's no reason also, to to say. I that. already understood that without those two dudes saying it. Just I like, did and I didn't. Please. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't. I knew his son had died, and I saw him yeah. holding a gun, but I didn't know his son died by shooting himself with a gun, which is very dark. Yeah. Um, it's very terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, like, one thing that I didn't touch on is that you know I just think the them connecting with the other culture, which that I would say that connects obviously to, mm. uh, to last the Mohicans and, you know, probably, and, you know, Fitzgerald though as well, um, interacting with other cultures, life of Brian probably has some of that young Frankenstein. Um, Sorcerer using, lo- you know, Sorcerer and Fitzgerald both use local to accomplish yep. a goal. Exactly. Uh, you know. But what, what we didn't explore there is we just didn't explore the differences in the culture. And I think another mm-hmm. movie could have, and I do have one on my connections list could have just explored like, when you can't talk to somebody, how do you communicate? And exactly. we really didn't get, and we got a little bit of that, and we got a little bit of the writing that comes out, but yeah, there, there just could have been some actual, like, how do cultures communicate with each other? And we just don't get right. much of that. Um, and then uh, one last connection that I have for this year is, Please. once again, we have a movie about a character named Jack. This time it's Jack's son, but we had lots of, we had uh, Speed Jack, with the Jack. Jack. We had The Way Back had a character named Jack. And I think well, there was Colonel Jack more. O'Neill. Is it Jack O'Neill? Was it? Yeah, or, oh, it's Colonel Jack. Jack yeah, even better. I was thinking Dr. Go. Jackson. So we have a double Jack in this movie. Double Jacks. Yeah. Um, and I think we have a couple other movies with characters named Jack that we've done. Jack uh, Attack is back, Jack. Yeah. So. Uh, that was for Kevin Mahadeo if he's listening. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um uh, Brokeback Mountain. That was the other one. Yeah. That had characters named Jack. True. True. So, um, we love our we love our Jacks. The Way Back, Speed, uh, and Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Any other connections that you Meet have? The parents also Jack. Yeah. Sorry? Oh yeah, there was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can you deal with yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, any other connections that you have or uh, things I you want to touch on before feedback? I have anything written down um, before we get to feedback. Let's get to feedback, and maybe that'll spur in a couple other things that I forgot to talk about. Um, all right. Feedback. So we kick off with Jeff. He said he had heard of this movie, but never even saw a trailer for it that he can remember. It has become one of his many happy discoveries listening to this podcast, and he enjoyed almost all of the movie. Four stars from Jeff. Not Jack, Jeff. Awesome. I'm, I'm so glad Jeff liked it. I was I was really hoping you would. Um, and strap in. It's Jeff, Jeff's is the high point of the feedback from the listeners this week. Uh, <laughs> start, negative. I- yeah, we, I will say uh, I didn't know anything about this movie either. I knew that you liked it. I knew we were going to watch it. The yeah. only thing I knew about Stargate before watching this was that when we first bought when I bought our first DVD player when we were kids, yeah. it came with five free DVDs. And I looked okay. it up. I had to do a lot of like Google sleuthing to try to figure out what five DVDs came with it because okay. it wasn't readily available. Uh, and I will just tell you because there's no way you're going to guess it. So Did you Stargate. Find it on uh, no, I found it on some random old blog okay. post. Stargate. Uh-huh. Six Days, Seven Nights, speaking Ooh, of Harrison Ford. Classic. Yes. Uh, Stepmom. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Lethal Weapon 4. I liked Lethal Weapon 4, and you can at me. Yes. Uh, and there was one other movie now, and I'm... Bl- oh, Lost in Space was the other one. Uh, we're not doing Lost in Space, guys. Don't worry. Um, actually, I'm not sure if that's right. Uh now I need to find it because I actually don't know <laughs> so if that's correct. While uh, you're looking it up, I will move on to Megan the Librarian, who said, visually, this was very cool with lots of beautiful shots of the desert, 
I enjoyed the puzzle aspect of the story involving Jade Spader's character's attempts to figure out the symbols and learn the language of the people at the other side of the gate. I was sort of underwhelmed by Ra as a villain, though I like this movie, but I don't see myself coming back to it. Three out of five. So Do you think she would watch the TV show? I think she would enjoy the TV show a lot. Yeah, I think she, if she hasn't. Yeah. Because uh, she right. loves, she she did uh, message me earlier this week about her love of Farscape, and I said, well, yeah, you should definitely go back to Stargate SG One. So she did watch some of the later seasons because there mm-hmm. are some uh, cast connections. Speaking of TV ladder between Farscape and Stargate, so there you go. Fargo was that the Fargo uh, version of Stargate? <laughs> All right, Kyle writing in uh, the scoring care. Scoring characters are evocative of other and better movies of the time. Definitely yes. agree with that. Uh, so that was fun. It felt dated and kind of cheesy in an enjoyable way. The pacing is off. Most scenes could easily be short or could be easily shortened. Uh, it also seemed like the death scenes weren't as poignant as intended because they mm-hmm. didn't flesh out many of the characters very well. Did they explain? Uh, they knew. Did they ever explain? They knew six of the seven symbols and the order, and there weren't infinite symbols. Why couldn't they have just used trial and error for each symbol until they found the right seventh symbol? Yeah. My understanding know. was that they had been trying for years to find the symbol, to find the seventh symbol, and they were looking in the wrong place mm. for it. So, I mean, because they do, in that exposition dump that you get at the beginning when Jackson gets there, they talk about how the, the military has been funding this project with Richard Kind's scientist oh we didn't even talk about to, richard kind we didn't even talk movie. about the richard kind cameo at the beginning um but richard kind is the original um symbologist i guess you would call him who's been trying to decode the stargate for the last two or three years that this project has been going on which also kind of bothered me because they uncovered the stargate in 1928 so why were they only just trying to figure out what what to do with it I figured it just three, they had been studying the last it for three years. I think yeah. they had just been studying it for a very long time. Right. But um, so, yeah, they, they do sort of explain it, but it is very confusing um, because basically Daniel Jackson comes in and just like starts erasing all of his symbols and being like, no, this, 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 this. <laughs> and then he goes and looks at the gate and figures out what the sun. And then once he gets to um, Abydos, he realizes that the seventh symbol is different for every planet because it's the home origin and he has to figure out where the symbol is and take it from there so that they can recode the stargate to so they can go back so it's all it's all very stupid yeah there just could have been more fleshing out of some of these different uh universe things um like the world building like they they like half built the world yeah i don't disagree yeah they just didn't there, there just needed to be some sort of problem for them to solve before Ra shows up and we didn't really get there yeah i agree it didn't quite get there uh so we've got jim who writes in at stargate was uh pretty fun jim says kurt russell plays the nice alpha and james spader plays the dime store version of malcolm from jurassic park or hooper from mm-hmm. jaws uh he has a lot of fun with it the movie feels like it's ripping off spielberg all over the place indiana jones classic close encounters of the third kind but at least it has good taste in what it is ripping off. Even the soundtrack feels like a John Williams knockoff. Roman Emmerich does much better in ID4, three out of five. Um, we didn't really talk about the score. The score is 
um, the theme for this movie, I wouldn't even call it a full score because they just use the theme song in different variations over and over and over again. And it's the which I really love. I really love that um, that score and that that theme song. Um, yeah, it, it reminded it me of Raiders. It reminded me of the Raiders theme kind of. Yeah, as well. it did get sort of tiring by the end. I was like, guys, you can use more than one song to score this movie. It's okay. But um, yeah, I did. I did do really like the theme, and it's really done really well in the show because they speed it up a little bit. And mm-hmm. pump, really pump the bass for the bum, dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun, that part. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the score um, a lot. Yeah, and I agree with everything Jim said. I meant to say yeah. it did remind me of Close Encounters. I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. And it does have good taste in the movies that it's referencing and it's ripping off. Um, sure. You know, Alien, Raiders, uh, Close Encounters, mm-hmm. like all of these, all of these better versions of this movie. And I think uh, sure. Kyle said that as well. Um, and mm-hmm. Yeah, the soundtrack did feel like like every time I was listening to it, I was like, this is reminding me of something. And mm-hmm. I felt the same way watching the movie. The movie was reminding me of things, even reminding me of things that didn't that hadn't come out yet, like Independence Day. Um, and then another movie that I uh, will bring up later. Right. Well, Gokwar, what does Stefan say? So All right. So Stefan Johnson says, uh, the last few years, I've really disliked Star Wars. <laughs> I even think that more Star Wars is bad than good. But now that I've seen Stargate, I will never complain about the quality of Star Wars again. The actors try their best, and the Egyptian location looked good, looked cool. That's the only good I have. The story felt like something a teenager wrote in his parents' basement, and then they lied to him and said it was good, so he published it. I don't normally notice this type of stuff, but the production design was horrible. All that being said, I could understand why it was made into a TV show, albeit one that I will never, now never, ever watch, no matter which way Fitzy says. 1.5 out of 5 for Stefan. It's too bad, Stefan. Uh, I'm glad you saved that one for last. That's good. I'm glad I saved that one for last, too. Um, Stefan, with a bit of bummer review, but I completely understand it. Um, and, you know, I I don't mind going ahead with my review because it's going to sort of piggyback on what Stefan has to say. Right. I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. And one of the things that I sort of had to reckon with last night and throughout this podcast was that most of my nostalgia for the movie is actually baked into the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would be unfair of me to give the movie a great score just based on how much I think they knocked it out of the park with the show that came after when they just had to recast the main two characters because they couldn't do a TV show with Kurt Russell and James Spader. Right. Well, they could but, probably do one with James and Spader. And they, they got a better version of Jack O'Neill the version of Jack O'Neill that should have been in this movie is in the TV show. And that is a major knock on it when the star of your movie is better when he's replaced by Richard Dean Anderson in the TV show. When MacGyver is better than Kurt Russell, something is wrong. Yeah. And I love MacGyver and I love Richard Dean Anderson. Um, But yeah, throughout this podcast, I've had a really good time talking about this movie. I think that we hit on a lot of what's right what's good and bad about it. And I'm kind of right there with the listeners. I came into this thinking that I was going to give it a pretty high score just based on personal feeling and not waver from it. Mm-hmm. But that would be a unfair rating. Well, I and will I, say, I will say before you give that rating, yeah, yeah. I did that with my best friend's wedding. I did that with mixed nuts where movies yeah. that the listeners were not as high on that. I could notice the flaws, but nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And so it really you is. Know, 
if you if you like something when you were a kid, I mean, there's I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's okay to bump it up a little bit, but give give yeah. how you feel. So I am I am not going to go as low as the listeners. I mean, our listener average is at two point nine right now. I do think the movie is better than that. Um, I think it's closer to what Jeff was saying. If I could give it a 3.75, I would. But I'm going to give it a 3.5 because I can't give it a 3.75. But it's it's a 3.5 for me. I think it is better than a 2.9, and I think it's better than a 3. But I think a lot of that is baked in with they had a really good idea. They did some really interesting visual things with it. And then they took that and they made it even better when they decided to turn it into a TV show. So yeah, it's it's sense. a point five for me, but I admitted that it's a little bit of bias as well. Um, all right, well for me, the whole time I was watching this movie, I just kept thinking of Last of the Mohicans <laughs> and how when I was watching Last of the Mohicans, I'm like, there's things in this that I like, but it's exactly. just not clicking together for me. And mm. so uh, my rating yeah. is going to be the same as Last of the Mohicans, which is two and a half. Um, I if you ask me which one. If I had to watch Stargate or Last of the Mohicans again, I think I would probably watch Last of the Mohicans over Stargate. Um, so maybe it's like a 2.49 and a 2.5 for Last of the Mohicans if I, was, if I was ranking them against each other. Um, but I did really like like the first half hour and the first mm. – like I was – even the like kind of very cheesy uh, his son killed himself scene. Like I thought – like they were setting up something that I was like, okay, this right. is going to be really interesting. We're setting up these characters. Um, we're setting up this world. And then we just don't go through with it. And right. It, if everything before the portal was a movie and then they changed everything comes after the portal, mm. it was like a better, I mean, on paper, I feel like I should have liked this movie. Um, but it was no fifth Avenue bar for me. So, <laughs> Fair um, enough. yeah, I did also really like Roz, the like button on Roz glove. Yeah. I just like, like the design. The thing is super I thought that looked yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The costumes in this movie were really cool. Like even for as like cheesy as they kind of looked in some parts, I thought the, Egyptian god costumes were really, really cool. Mm-hmm. With like the the you know the um pharaoh heads and everything. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was. I mean, yeah, like really it's cool. obviously it's dated effects, but yeah. it's a movie from 1994. Um, and I'm very exactly. glad that this movie was made because it allowed for Independence Day to be made two years later and be That's just true. a. This was like the you know this was the warm up lap, and Independence yeah. Day was uh, hit in the stride, and then Independence Day Resurgence was like. And, I have no idea. But, I didn't saw it, but I'm a well, if we And yeah, I mean, just to be fair, I mean, if we did Independence Day, Independence Day, I could already tell you, is going to be a four and a half star movie for me. Right. I mean, yeah, it's going to be super. We're going to love Independence Day. I mean, yeah. you know, like there is a very, uh, I mean, we haven't even gotten to our, our ladder rung suggestions yet, but right. there is a huge, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like there is a big reason to do Independence Day. I'm right. sure there will be sure. four Independence Day podcasts coming out this weekend as well. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, there will be. Um, we're, we're looking for the rewatchables Independence Day. I'm sure they, next Tuesday. they did that already. Did they they had that? To, I'm sure they did the rewatchables Independence Day. I know. Um, I know Pro Show Recaps has done Independence Day. Yes, we have. Uh, there has not been a uh, no, they have not done. I'm sure the rewatch. I bet they will soon. Uh, well, well, well. This uh, this is gonna put our average for the episode at a 2.96, which we will bump up to be in lockstep with the listeners for a nice round three. Yes. All right. So there you go. Uh, we've given a lot of praise for our ops podcast, three watchables. But um, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll end up doing Independence Day. 
We'll find out because it is now time to move on to our listener suggestions, our ladder rung to see what movie we'll be watching next week on the Movie Ladder Podcast. Uh, That one will come out just a couple days after Independence Day. It'll come out on July 6th, most likely, unless we aren't on any scheduling issues. Uh, So once we do pick our movie for next week, make sure you send in your feedback rating next movie connection, the movie ladder at gmail.com at ladder movie on Twitter. Make sure you check out the movie ladder podcast on letterbox because we will be adding all of the movie suggestions to our letterbox watch list. And, uh, yes. So let's see what we're going from Stargate to, I think there's a lot of different directions that we can go. Let's, let's Let's, let's see what we got. So we will kick things off with Jeff, Jeff, who really liked Stargate. He said, uh, computer wore tennis shoes is the first one. That is a very young Kurt Russell in a Disney movie. So we go from a very young uh, Damon Hansu to a very young Kurt Russell. The next is a little bit older Kurt Russell, and that is Miracle. Uh, he said, would be a great movie heading into the Olympics and 4th of July. Lots of positive USA vibes. Jeff is feeling patriotic. And finally, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, a movie where a soldier sort of travels between dimensions. Uh, very nice. All right, next one, we've got uh, Stefan. He did not give any uh, reasons for these, so we're going to have to figure that out. The first is The Patriot. Yeah, so that's Roland, is... Roland that's Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Yep. Next is uh, Star Wars. Yep. It's a uh, journey through the stars. Yes. yes. Oh, that's, uh, that is a title yeah. connection. And the final one is The Prince of Egypt. Um, and that deals with ancient Egypt and pharaohs and such. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep, very good, nice. Mm-hmm. All right, next is uh, Stefan. I think you should keep. Well, no, actually, I don't. I don't want us to have to figure out some of your hard puzzles. But if they're not yeah, hard, you, these yeah. are easy. Yeah, these are easy. But if you're gonna send in some like random movie that connects somehow, uh, then that that'll be hard. All right, uh, moving on. Jim says uh, his connection is gonna be Miracle, another movie that tied to an upcoming event that has prominent necklaces. Oh, nice. There you uh, go. Sure. Yeah. It, uh, sure. The. It is the Summer Olympics that are coming soon, and it might be fun to watch this one over 4th of July. So Jim and Jeff lockstep yep. there talking about Miracle. Mm. I've actually never seen Miracle. Um, I've seen clips Mir- of the game. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I know about it. Uh, all right, Olin's connection is uh, the crying game. I wondered if Olin was going to suggest this. Having yep. a character called Ra in Stargate, Jay Davidson stars in a film centered around a Ra, uh, a teen that is a shorthand for the IRA. Uh, the Irish I've never heard it referred to as the Rob, but sure. He's, oh, he's, film center. Okay, so they're not a character named Ross, just Ra. Okay, I see. What you're saying. Yep. yep. All right. Kyle, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, cult comedy that includes flying alien pyramids. Yeah. Next is Primer. Ooh, this would be a fun Primer. one. Primer. I guess time bending a sci fi movie about a device that could be entered with unexpected results. Uh, I, you've seen Primer, right? I've seen Primer, yes. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it, and I have to read the Wikipedia every time I watch that movie because i'm just like my <laughs> mind is blown uh finally star yep. or not finally he's got two more starship troopers another star movie from a few years later yep. that i'm meaning to revisit i was thinking a lot about starship troopers watching this movie because they did come out around the same time they both yep. kind of have that like uh foreign world yeah uh, elite them. squad elite squad jumps to a planet surrounded by aliens yep, yep. There you go. uh and then uh another another earth i thought this was after earth at first but this one yeah another it was earth. like I'm, yeah it is the 10-year anniversary of this underrated sci-fi drama that involves the discovery of a duplicate Earth in the solar system. I've never I've heard, never of, heard of this. Earth. Nope. I don't know another Earth. I'm, I'm nope. curious. I'm intrigued. 
All right. Uh, Megan, the librarian, a rival, the main character is a linguist brought into a military operation to try to decipher an mm-hmm. alien language, just like James Spader's character. She also deals with the loss of a child, just like yep. Kurt Russell's character. Um, um, is that the last part of spoiler? Um, I don't remember when that's revealed. It's um, at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. I just it's, remember Yeah, there's a whole thing. To explain, yeah. why me- it's a, to explain why it's not a spoiler it would be a spoiler. Well, I was going to say, is me even asking if it's a spoiler or a spoiler? Yes. Uh, yeah, right. That, yes. Uh, so let's just bleep out all of that. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we were vague enough. I'm not doing it. Uh, Arrival, <laughs> yes, very good. Arrival. Uh, I yeah. have not rewatched Arrival since the theater. I would be Same. very curious. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking again, I was thinking about Arrival. Uh, so we've got, you know, mm. another, our listeners are right in, right in my head in terms of like future movies I was thinking about. They also communicate, funny. I believe, um, and you, I don't know if you want to bleep this out or not, but they communicate with the aliens via symbols and writing. Yep. Yeah, no, I don't think that's yeah. I don't think that's a spoiler. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so they are allowed to use writing in Arrival. Yep. So, uh, all right, next one, Gladiator. Yep. Uh, Damon Hunsu is one of the stars of this movie, set in the, in, during ancient human history. It features a rebellion against a tyrannical leader. Ooh, very nice. Sword and sandal. I love nice. it. Yeah. I was thinking about his the actor connection, but I didn't really think about the thematic connection. Yep. Uh, finally, the 2009 version of Star Trek. We've had a bunch of movies that became TV shows. Here's a TV show yeah. that became a bunch of movies and yeah. a bunch of TV shows. And it would be yeah. fun to do some more sci-fi. So. And I'd be interested to go to the J.J. Star Trek, actually. Yeah, um, yeah that's – see, that's – I've seen all of the the new Star Treks. I've seen some of the Next yeah. Generation movies. Yeah. And I've only seen the very first Star Trek original series. So. Yep. Uh, and then Megan sent in a couple also-rans. You can get it to the MCU if you want and do Age of Ultron yep. or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Those – most obvious connection uh but those are probably two of the weaker mcu movies i agree with how dare that. you yeah and they're pretty well on my list. yeah i know but i still i still love guardians too i think it's very all right very um i will go next unless you want i, I don't know who um, wants to i know that i i know that you went first last week i don't know if you want to continue to do all that all right you I, can go first i flipped our names Ah. On the dock. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's a good way to tra- yeah. track. Okay, cool. You go so first. So I will go first. So I have several. Um, I didn't pick Prince of Egypt, but I did pick The Gods of Egypt, which is a Gerard Butler 2016 movie. I think it came out in 2016. That is um all about what if the gods had been real people fighting on Earth in Egypt. What do you mean, what if? Like if the. I'm like, just kidding. I'm just teasing. What if God was one of us? Yeah, there you go. So I, um, yeah. So I know I talked a lot about um, the Kurt Russell I wanted to see in this movie, and that's Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. So I decided to throw in Big Trouble in Little China for a better version of a Kurt Russell Jack. Um, so that's a blind spot for me as well. Is that really a blind spot? Yep, never saw it. Um, I also thought about a couple of different um interplanetary travel movies um thought about event horizon thought about solaris from 2002 but i decided to throw in one that i have not explored too much and that is interstellar um we love no one here i would love it's to come go, up a bunch yeah i would love to go through a portal with matthew mcconaughey and watch interstellar and then there's a movie coming out this week on there Amazon. Is. There is. That involves portal jumping soldiers sent to battle aliens. Yep. And that is The Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt and Mike the Spoonman Mitchell. Yep. And that drops on Amazon on 
uh, July the second. So one, that would hopefully be plenty of time for people to watch it and get back to us. But I thought it'd be hopefully fun it's international. To, I don't know internationally. Um, hopefully it is. I think yeah. Amazon Prime is international, but it is. But sometimes regional. But I, yeah, I, true, true. We, I but yeah, I, yeah, I would hopefully. hope that um, it, it's nice to have a new. We we rarely throw brand new movies on our list, and so it's nice to have one that I know you and I were both wanting to watch to throw mm-hmm. it on there. So yeah, on the and, uh, this would be our newest for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. the closest we have, I think is uh, once upon a time in Hollywood from last yeah. year, I think was our, our closest to, uh, to when it came yeah. out. So, yeah. All right. And then I'll get into my last story after you make your picks. So go yeah. ahead. Uh, and I will just say, you know, full disclosure, we both had discussed the tomorrow war when we started getting yeah. into these military movies, we both were like, Oh, it'd be cool if we could somehow get to the tomorrow war. If we stuck with military movies, it did work out that we, that we stayed with military movies. We even got to a military sci-fi movie. So also um, if we want to go with the um, parents and children thing, I mean, Kurt Russell did play Chris Pratt's dad in guardians too. Exactly. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was thinking about that. Uh, that is definitely a spoiler. Um, that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll see if, the, we'll see if I pick the tomorrow war. I wasn't sure which one of us, we both had the tomorrow war on our list. It was something we both had been kind of eyeing. We are, yes. we do not believe in ladder jamming here, but it, we did think it would be interesting if we got to that one. So, Absolutely. Uh, and that it's, it's a new movie and it's accessible. You don't have to go to the theater for it. Yep. So, all right. Well, I have a bunch written down. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine written down, but one of them is Big Trouble in Little China, which was said. Uh, but I'm surprised the rest of my movies were not written down. So, wow. for posterity's sake, I got to put Independence Day on my list. I cannot Absolutely. believe nobody else put that on there. I think it was too obvious for people. And so, it was probably. Um, the next is us. Uh, so we talked about Star Trek a lot. Uh, I've heard this is the best Star Trek movie. I've seen the first one. Not in a long time. I might even have to watch the first one to pick this. But I will go with the second one. That is The Wrath of Khan. Um, the connection is sci-fi journey. Yep. I'm assuming there's more connections. There, uh, there will be more connections if we did yeah. Khan. Yeah. My Very third fun. one is I'm going to go with a movie about linguistics and trouble communicating. This stars Jodie Foster. This came out probably the same year as uh stargate maybe a year or two before or after that is Nell. Um, i never saw Nell. Hmm. um and uh let's see so i have a, i'll read off a couple also rands uh because i have one more that i'll do um yep. i was thinking about tomorrowland because i think that's like a portal into another world and it's right. a damon lindelof movie neither of us saw um yep. i was also thinking about the thing i think there's a huge connection between this and the thing you have a, you know body Absolutely. being inhabited by a different spirit you have kurt russell right. you have um you know there were other elements of the thing i thought in this that were uh right. connections i have jurassic park written down and i'm not sure why i have jurassic park written down um i don't know why you do either this i mean i guess it's just like a ni- 1994 adventure movie yeah you know probably why um i have the fifth element written down again i had that as also ran the so, beginning of this movie reminds me a lot of the beginning of the fifth element um Thing. Yeah. That is the so I mentioned this off the podcast and I'm glad you reminded me. The beginning of the Fifth Element is the movie that I always confuse with the beginning of Stargate, and oh, I can okay. never remember which beginning goes with which. Mm-hmm. And I started the movie last night like waiting for a Z's light, and realized that I was thinking of Fifth Element and not uh, yeah. Stargate. So yeah, it did. The, the openings are very similar. Um, and I did have Fifth Element as a also ran. Yeah. Uh... If it was called the seventh element, I probably would have picked yeah. it. The fifth element, not enough connection. Uh, and so the other one I will go with, I will go with another sequel. Um, and this is a sequel to our movie map connection. And that is mm-hmm. going to be Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. 
because this was this one very clearly ripped off Indiana Jones. We did Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark last year. Why not do the sequel this year? And then we do Last Crusade next year. Fair enough. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll go through a few. Um, so you're not going to keep Fifth Element on your list? No. Uh, okay. Independence Day, Rathcon, Nell, and Temple of Doom. Yeah, what a okay, very so weird foursome those that four is a movies. Very are. odd foursomes. Four yeah. very different movies. Um, I'll go through some of my also rans. I also thought about Avatar. Um, uh, yeah, I yeah. think about that as well. I also thought about Guardians 2, as it was mentioned earlier. I thought about Event Horizon because that You said that already. Did I say Event Horizon? Uh-huh. I don't think I did. You did. I might have said it earlier. Um you I did. thought about Event Horizon. I thought it's recorded. About, you did. I thought about Prometheus. Yeah. Yeah, someday um, we'll get you to watch Prometheus. Someday That's we'll get you to watch movie. Prometheus. That's a good movie wide spot. Um, but I ended up not throwing Prometheus on there because I wanted to get Interstellar in. So uh, You've seen Interstellar, my... correct? Of course. Okay. Um, I saw it at the IMAX uh, the weekend it came out. Probably with me. Um, why is Kurt Russell listed as the cast of Forrest Gump? Because he's Elvis. Oh, he's Elvis and Forrest Gump? Yeah, he's the. you only see him from the hips down, but yeah. He's Elvis. That's like the other Elvis Kurt Russell movie that came yeah. out. That's a very easy connection. Yeah. Uh, I oh, all right. I didn't realize he played. I do remember him dancing. I didn't realize that was Kurt Russell. Yep. Um, all right. Well, all Ron right. Off so why got, don't we, we go pick. back? In. Let's see what we've got. So we've got the computer, more tennis shoes, miracle, the adventures of Buckaroo, Buckaroo Banzai across the dimension, the Patriot, Star Wars, never heard of it, the Prince of Egypt. Miracle Again, The Crying Game, Kung Pao Entered the Fist, Primer, Starship Troopers, Another Earth, Arrival, Gladiator, Star Trek 2009, Gods of Egypt, Big Trouble in Little China, Interstellar, The Tomorrow War, Independence Day, Wrath of Khan, Nell, and Temple of Doom. All right, I get to go first. Uh, I will just kill any suspense of what I'm picking from you. I'm going to take The Tomorrow War. It was also on my list. It's timely. I'm going to watch it anyways. It'd be fun to talk about a movie that is just coming out this week. Everybody likes Chris. Well, I I guess not everybody likes Chris Pratt, but uh, Chris Pratt is a movie star. And if you're a Doughboys fan, one of the hosts of Doughboys has a cameo or like a small role in this movie. Spoonman. Yeah, so Tomorrow War is my pick. Tomorrow War is your pick. All right. What am I going to pick? I will take one from your list as well. And I think the most obvious connection, and it's 4th of July weekend coming up, I think we could still throw ID4 in as making the most sense as a connection for our final four. IDK. Uh, yeah, IDK. I know you don't know. I, I don't you know. You don't know. All right. Well, let's see. So, um, I'm looking at Kyle's connections. I think that's yeah. where I'm leaning. Um, Primer would be fun. Um, Star Tri- Starship Troopers, Another Earth, just a total blind spot for both of us. Yeah. Um, I also really yeah. like Megan's connection of uh, Gladiator, although mm-hmm. I just think look, we'll get to Gladiator at some point. Um, so I'm just not ready for that. Uh, and what else do we have? Um, I don't really want to do Kung Pao yet. Maybe at some point, Kyle. I'm just not. I'm not there yet. Uh, I like Arrival as well as a connection. I like Miracle because I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go. Let me. I'm looking up another Earth right now. I want to see it, what do we got in terms of on the night actors. of the discovery of a duplicate Earth in the solar system, an ambitious young student and an accomplished composer cross cross paths in a tragic accident. Hmm. Interesting. 
Um, interesting indeed. Directed uh, by Mike Cahill. Uh, yeah, who just did uh, Bliss, which just yeah. came out. It's on my watch list as well. Oh, um, uh, speaking of Lost, William McIntyre. Yeah. Um, Starship Troopers it is. Starship Troopers. All right. I've heard there's yeah. some really interesting social commentary in that, and I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so it'd be interesting to revisit. Excellent. And I think um, of everybody's picks, I think I have to go with one that I would really have a much like Interstellar, I would have a really good time revisiting and haven't revisited it since the theater experience I had, which was tremendous. And that's mm-hmm. Arrival. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep going with Aliens and pick Arrival. I believe Arrival is my number one movie of 2016. That's quite possible. Um, I'm just pulling that up right now because I would Five be curious. Yeah. Um, if that if it is still my number one movie of 2016, I think that was a strong year. Yeah. Uh, give me a second while I put my top ten. I so was also always struck by um, Arrival. I thought was one of the most realistic mm-hmm. depictions of how on the, how Earth would react to a sudden alien invasion. Yep. Um. So I think that's one reason. Where, like I really loved it. It felt very real. Um. Everything like made a lot of sense in that movie to me as far as um character reactions and stuff go. Yeah, it's like, a really it's smart incredible. movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is my number one movie of 2016, followed by Moonlight, followed by a movie you and I saw in the theaters together, Zootopia, and oh, then yeah. Captain America's yeah. Civil War. That um, was a fun time at the movies, Zootopia, yeah. Zootopia with you. <laughs> <laughs> and a bottle of scotch and a bunch yeah, of exactly. kids. Yeah, we exactly. Were, we were sipping a bottle of scotch out of the flask and, yeah. and well, well, surrounded by 12-year-olds. Zootopia, yeah. another movie with great social commentary, though. If you've never yeah. seen Zootopia, I cannot recommend it enough. I love Zootopia. And the... The Secretary of State's office or the DMV office scene is like an all-time classic. <laughs> All right, All right so, so uh, should we kill the suspense? What are we doing here, Zach? I, well, I think it's really down to Independence Day or Tomorrow War, uh, so down to each other's picks. Um, yeah, and, and I, 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 I love the idea of Tomorrow War is going to be a movie none of our listeners have seen. Uh, we have not seen. Nobody has seen it. I think the reactions could be off the charts. I think. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it, like it. We have no idea what to expect from this movie. Yeah. Uh, and it is, you know, military, like a sci-fi military war movie. You know, we're continuing yeah. on war month. Um, it's got a great cast I and mean, lots yeah. of lots of apparently, people. Apparently, um, they travel through something similar to a Stargate, apparently, from one of the trailers. Okay, so, I haven't like, even watched like any a of the trailers. So. Thing, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, and it's one that we've kind of had our radar. We didn't plan yeah. to get here. We didn't know if we would, but it just so worked out. Uh, you know, I will say... You know, Stargate might not have been the best connection off of Private Benjamin, but it did serve as a very good Stargate for us to uh, get to the Tomorrow War next week. I agree, and I'm I'm really excited to get to this. I think I think we are definitely gonna have a good time, whether the movie's good or bad. I think it'll be very fun to review something that we've heard about brand on new. That, that's brand new and that we've heard about, heard talked about on another podcast that you and I both listened to mm-hmm. for months leading up to this. Like, the anticipation from being a Doughboys listener for this movie to come out has been a year in the making. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm, I'm very excited. I think I think we'll have a good time with Tomorrow War. Um, yeah, I'm just seeing if uh, it's set to release on Prime Video on July 2nd, 2021. It does not say anything. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, but I was looking to see... Tomorrow War in Canada and in Ireland specifically, because I know that's where we have international listeners. Uh, let's see, Tomorrow War Canada. I don't know. I 
You guys are going to have to look it up. I don't know how you look these things up in Canada and Ireland. Uh, if you don't have access to the Tomorrow War, uh, message Brendan or I, and we'll see. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, hopefully everybody. Hopefully it's accessible to everybody. If you don't have Amazon Prime, sign up for the uh, day so that you can yep. watch the Tomorrow War. It might also be in some theaters as well. Um, Internationally, it may be in theaters. Yeah, or it might just be. I mean, it's if you're ready to go back to the movie theater, it's probably gonna be a fun one to see in the movie theater. It's a big summer blockbuster. So for sure. uh, Tomorrow War starring Chris Pratt. Oh, J.K. Simmons. And yeah, this is gonna be great. Uh, all right, so we're watching Tomorrow War. Uh, 140 minute runtime. Mike Spoonman Mitchell gives it five stars, but he also Shocked. is in the movie. So not uh, biased. He's a biased. Yeah. <laughs> not so, biased. Yes. Next week we're watching the Tomorrow War. I am um, excited to watch the Tomorrow War. Uh, we'll see if we keep going with military and war movies after the Tomorrow War. Uh, or if we close out military month. Yes. Uh, yeah. We go. We went Memorial Day to Fourth of July with all military movies. Uh, unintentionally. Maybe ne- but... Next week, born on the Fourth of July. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> uh, all right. So we're watching the Tomorrow War next week. Um, Brendan, what are you uh, what are you going to watch this week? Yeah, so I have eight and a half coming up for the uh, Criterion Collection Challenge. Um, so that'll be interesting. I know that you said that you had an interesting viewing experience watching that and were excited mm-hmm. to see what I thought about it. So I'm yeah, excited to get into that one for my personal matter. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go next. I, you know. We'll see. We'll see. I did um, Five Easy Pieces as the last movie on my. Um, or I'm sorry, I did Fast Nine as the last movie on my um, movie on my personal ladder, and I got there from Five Easy Pieces. Um, there is a million ways to go from Fast Nine. I could, you know, stay with a cast connection. I could do a director connection. I could go with car movies. I could, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what ends up turning out. Um, I am. Looking forward to watching more Stargate while I try to figure out look what at I you, really, look at you. while I figure out try to figure out what I really will um start watching this this uh as my next binge because I I sort of hit a standstill with my um Battlestar Galactica rewatch I um stopped at the beginning of season three and haven't jumped back into it yet so looking for something else that's a uh, blind spot watch yeah but, figure out your big blind spot this yeah this week. I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll let everybody know next week all right. Uh, for me, hopefully Fast 9 on Friday, and mm-hmm. uh, that's probably the big one. Although I'm going to have to watch Fast 8 and – or, yeah, Fast 8 and Hobbs and Shaw before I watch Eight. Fast 9. Um, I don't remember what I'm picking for the Criterion Collection Challenge, but I already watched a Fellini. I watched uh, it in half a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think – yeah, Lenutra? I think that's yeah, – yep, yeah, you're right. Lenutra, yeah. yep. Uh, or however it's – don't ask me to pronounce anything on a podcast. <laughs> um and more Mad Men. I'm excited to. I'm almost done with season four. It's, it's flying by. If you're looking for Brendan, you could just start season one of Mad Men. It'd be okay, a little okay, bit different okay. feel. Give us Not something to talk about. For sure. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, do you have anything else coming up these days? I don't. Not really. Um, just you know, follow me on Twitter at Fitzy Brendan or on Instagram. Um, not really much going on these days. So. Oh, you've got lots of things going. On. You got big Fourth of July plans. You're gonna watch Jaws this weekend. I am going to watch Jaws this weekend. I am also going to stand on my roof deck that I now that I finally have a roof deck and can watch the uh, watch the fireworks from all around the city on Fourth of July. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, That's what you'll um, be watching. So, yeah. uh, and I'm maybe gonna, there will be a fast. Uh, hopefully, I'm not going to say maybe. I'm going to say hopefully there's a Fast and Furious podcast coming up furiously and quickly. So we'll see. Pay attention yeah. to Abruzzi. I'll tweet it out when I have it. Or subscribe to Furious Ears Only for the random podcast that drops. 
So, sorry, for your ears only is the name of the podcast feed. Furious ears only is this just this project. Yeah. So, all right, and uh, enjoy the Tomorrow War, a brand new movie for everybody. Exciting. And uh, we will see you back here next week. Should make for some really interesting connections as well. Yes, for sure. <laughs>